Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. No big queues reported around town this morning. We had half expected a queue halfway down Patrick Street for pennies. It didn't happen. We had half expected other queues. They didn't happen. They might happen yet, but so far they haven't happened. If you're anywhere and you see a queue, do let us know. 1850-715-996 is the number. The text of WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Another €200 Euro voucher to give away this morning uh, from our friends at Foot Solutions Grand Parade Cork. Give you the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas. We have a €200 Euro gift card. We'll be listening out for more footprints in the snow. And I got wonderful news. Wonderful, wonderful news. My heart gave a little lep this morning around 7 o'clock when I got a message to my phone. I think, I think we've worked or helped to work a little miracle. That's coming after 11 o'clock this morning. All right. Give you all the details, but it's to do with the penny dinners. But first of all, let us go to some of the businesses that are reopening this morning as we exit level five and step back down to level three with variations. For example, the pubs and the restaurants and the pubs that can be restaurants are opened Friday. But for this morning, it's all the other non-essential businesses or deemed non-essential, which means as of this morning, you can buy toys, you can buy clothes, you can buy all those things that were strapped up and hidden and locked off for the last couple of weeks or those shops that were closed down for the last few weeks. You can go into them now and get all those things that you need. And when you do, please do so carefully and distance yourself and wear your mask and wash your hands and do all the right things. And you can also go to your beautician or your hairdresser or wherever you want to go in that particular sector. Susan Ryan, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Good to be back. Oh, listen, it's it's just a godsend now to be open again and have something to do every day. Are you busy? Or will you be busy, do you think? Well, we were in yesterday, um, lights on, Christmas tree up, Christmas decorations up, um, and the, the businesses around me were doing the same, the hairdressers next door doing, all, doing the same also. Um, the, book, the phone never stopped yesterday, um, so I was glad I was there to answer the calls, plus I was there on, on Saturday answering a lot of the calls, and I have loads of emails looking for appointments, so the book is fairly full, so it's good. looking pretty good. Good, Looking good. pretty good. There are no parties, and in fact, we've been told last evening by Dr. Holohan, don't be having any parties now. And I know that the pubs and the restaurants have been told they're not to take office parties, that bosses have been told they're not to fund 
parties. Mm-hmm. So who's well, going to I get dolled up? Well, there's still the feel-good factor and there's just general maintenance for any woman anyway. You know, they still like to get their eyebrows done and uh, their pedicures. We've loads of pedicures booked in, so people must be fancy wearing their open-toe shoes. So, look, it, it's busy. I am so thrilled. Um, the the regular appointments are all in now, which would be ladies who would have ongoing services, particularly like um, skin care and their electrolysis is very busy. So all of those appointments now are back up. So a bit of a break in those treatments is not great for the, for the treatment. But look, it is what it is now. So we're back now to... Uh, having steady appointments with, with those again for those clients, you know. It is what it is. It was is the last five weeks worth it? it? Yeah, it is. But, you know... Was it, it worth it, though, do you think? Um, we can only go by what we're told. It just had to put a break in, in, in the spread of the virus. I personally think it was a bit OTT. Um, not the first time around, funnily enough. I just said, well, that, it is what it is. This time I felt... the the Our business in particular, there was no... Um, coronavirus attached or to the hair and the beauty and the nail sector per se mm. that they could trace back. So I think we were all kind of tired with the one brush. It felt a bit unfair. Um, you know, we had all our systems in place. We have separate rooms for treatments. We take the temperatures. We're masked and the clients are masked where, where possible. And we double mask if the client has no mask because we're doing a service. So there was really very little more that we, we could have done uh, to follow the guidelines. Yeah. It, it, look, we were closed and we're up and running now again and thank God that, it, that it, it's that way. And the CSO published a big survey same. yesterday. I don't know if you saw Central Statistics Office have published a big survey where they say that over 71% of the people they asked felt yeah. that Level 5 was appropriate. I would say, you know, you have to look at it from two different points of view. One is, yes, it is appropriate, Fair enough, I, I can understand that too. On the other hand, the level of damage to the economy is, is, I would say for the moment, beyond repair. There are so many businesses are never going to open up again. There's a huge amount of people going to stay on um, social welfare because yeah. they're not going to be able to come off and there's no job to go back to. Yeah. So th- there's a balance of both. I think, you know, was it trying to, you know, kill a fly with a sledgehammer? Look, I don't know. I'm yeah. not the expert, and we can only go by by the expert advice. But I do think it was over the top. I do think um, we should have stayed closed properly the first time around, and travel should have been restricted. People in and out of the country should have been restricted. Mm-hmm. We we knew what the government didn't know what they were doing at the time. They had to just go bald for it and hope for the best that they were making the right decisions. Um, the level of, the, the amount of time we were locked down should have wiped it out properly. It, but there was too much travel, you know, people back and forth to Cheltenham um, and so on, that, and people in and out from, from America and coming on holidays. Mm. See, in reality, Susan, the, the real numbers of those who came in from America mm-hmm. and we were hearing about plane loads, there was no such thing. That's true. There was that's, no such that's thing. That's true too. That's true. There's a few. The number, in fact, international travel counts for about two and a half percent of all cases. What the problem was, I think, with with um, retail and businesses like yours, according to Neffet, that wasn't what they were targeting. Was they were targeting social gathering? And so the, the, the the least amount, the, the most, the bet, the you know, the least amount of social gathering, the better. Absolutely, keep people apart. That, absolutely, to 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 stop the spread. 
but the social gatherings continued anyway, and the law had no say. They had no, um, I suppose, legal right to come and break up parties, and the parties happened regardless. Yeah, so fact. those who, who were, were punished were the likes of proper businesses who had put all the systems in place, had all their perspects and the separation of, of, of workstations mm-hmm. and areas. Salons that could only hold two or three clients uh, ended up only having one client mm-hmm. at a time, which is not, is not tenable to keep a business open anyway, when you need to work from room to room and from client to client, you know, when, when colour is taken, you're standing there with your hands hanging to you. So that's not very uh, successful business either, and that's why I want to keep the door open. So people were, I think, the wrong people were targeted. I think the system that they used or the way they went about it could have been better. But did they know any better at the time? No. They just had to uh, do the very best they can with the information that they had at the time. But Mm. I do feel it wasn't probably strict enough, um, you know... In terms of the parties, that they went ahead ahead anyway. The second lockdown need never have happened. We could have wiped that out properly the first time, I think, anyway. That's what the public health experts, like like the likes of Niall Conroy in Australia, constantly tell us. Thank you, Susan, and good luck for the the run into Christmas now. I hope hope the tills are jangling for everybody. But that's what the likes of Niall Conroy and Anthony Staines and those have been saying to us, that we came out of the first lockdown a bit too quickly, got a bit overexcited and... Should have stayed where we were in June, July, and maybe we wouldn't have ended up where we have been for the last five or six weeks. Joe Bourne out in Joseph's Hair Salons and Clashine back open again this morning. Joe, how are you doing, sir? Yippee, PJ, all <laughs> excited. Life is just wonderful at the moment now. Are you busy oh, or will you be busy, do you think? Now, crowd control at the moment, that's what we're doing outside. Really? There's queues of people trying to get in by vouchers and waving and wishing us luck and cows blowing and everything. So it was great exciting to like, oh, I don't know, to like 4th of July or something out here on Glashine Road. You're probably booked solid, are you? Oh, solid, but there's always room because we're going to do up to 12 o'clock at night. PJ, I'm actually not walking the now, so I'm going to stay at 4 and I'll walk down till 12. Right. And we'll do, um, you know, Sundays and the whole lot. We've all our regular loads of people are in it. But even since I came in this morning, now the phone is hopping. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to disturb it during lockdown and all that, and now they're ringing. Whereas yeah. we had rang loads of our own clients as well. But you know yourself, then you'd have some stragglers that you forget about and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the mirror, my, looking in the mirror, PJ, at myself. Now, my own hair needs very bad cutting, like Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> Jeez, is all over the place. I wouldn't be any ad at the moment, anyway, but I'd be going home in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've all got the sort of the, 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 the roadkill on yeah. our skulls PJ, at the moment. <laughs> Whatever happened now the last few weeks, let's be positive. Was it worth it, Joe? Few weeks. Um, I don't know. So I, I personally think we were doing fine. But look, if it saved lives, if it helped people, why not? Mm. Um, it was it's tough financially. But look, please God, now the next three weeks we'll get back on track. And just hopefully that will not close down again in January and February. That's my biggest fear, yeah. um, PJ. You know, it's very hard to be motivated if we're going to be closed down again in January. That's all we're thinking of, you know. Yeah. But look, let's next three weeks be celebrating, place full of lights, a bit of laughter. I have a Santa bag here now for the clients to all get a present when they're leaving yeah. today and yeah. for the rest of the month. You know, we have to be a bit positive now as well, PJ. You, you do. Know what I mean, we're back you do. and we're one and then we're, you know, we're, we have been keeping people safe and keeping people alive. Could be in other countries now when could be much worse, you know. Oh yeah, and that's very important to point out, John. I'm glad you did because statistically, statistically, uh, as a nation, we are now among the best in Europe for how we've oh, done. Yeah, for how we we've done. Be proud of that, you know. 
We yeah. should really be proud of ourselves. We have, you know, it has been hard. It's been a slog. But we're going to come out the other side. Next year is going to be brilliant. We'll have a vaccine. Um, will you take you it? You know what I mean? It'll be a whole new year and the government will, will give us loads of stuff and take off the vat and the whole lot to look after the <laughs> You really do believe in Santi, don't you? Will you be, will you oh, be, will, will you be rolling up the sleeve for the vaccine, Joe? I, oh God, first thing I've been to queue. Ah, Absolutely, man. why not? And I'll have half my customers in front of me. They'll need it soon. All right, take, mind yourself, mate. We'll talk to you soon. PJ, thank you very much. And I might talk next week about the selection boxes. Be my guest. Cheers. That's Joe Warren. Joe, he forgets nothing. He does a thing at Christmas with selection boxes. And I was thinking of him the other day because I was thinking, can he really do that this year? If anyone will find a way, he'll find a way. You want to see. You want to see the election boxes going in there last year. Right, to retail, to menswear, next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. So for our first hour this morning, and for most of it anyway, we're focusing on the businesses that are reopening today. Today, the 1st of December. And non-essential, or what was deemed to be non-essential business, can now open under Level 3 restrictions. And they include clothes shops like uh, Fitzgerald's Menswear. Eddie Mullins, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Big sigh of relief this morning. Certainly. Yeah, we're delighted to be back. And there's already a little hive of activity around the town. I see the uh, city councillor out cleaning the streets. Nice little subtle guard of presence. And people carrying bags already, which is... It's great. Obviously, what we do over the next three weeks, we must do safely and carefully. Yes, yes, yeah. I think all the shops, we've been well practising this after the, the first reopening. Uh, we have all the, the strategies in place. Um, and I think people, people are responsible. I think um, what we've seen here is even after the last lockdown, people came back on, they were wearing their masks, they were hand sanitising, they were keeping social distance in the shop. And if the shop got too busy, I saw people pulling back and pausing. So we're there. We had the service for us. People are patient. And um, I think, look, we're hoping that we'll have a good, busy, but controlled run into Christmas. It'll be very different from previous Christmases is in that having to push your way in the door of a shop and elbow your way around to try and get that shirt you wanted. But that in itself will be a big change. But to be able to get in there and shop is what's important. That's vital. What's happened over the last few weeks, so we've been in here behind the scenes. The phones have been ringing. People are getting organised earlier, like they used to happen five or six years ago. Maybe in the last few years, it all came down to December. But historically, Christmas for us used to begin in October and there'd be a nice build up into November. What we saw was the phones were busy. People were looking for deliveries, very base vouchers. So there was activity. So we think maybe that people are getting a bit more organised, getting in there earlier mm. and not wanting to, to risk those big massive crowds that may or may not come. But mm. A question that comes up, can people try stuff on, Eddie? Is that done now? Well, I suppose we have to be careful. Um, people often come into us here, they know their sizes. We have certain shirts here which are try-on shirts. So if it's a shirt, someone can fit on. And then we clean them on a daily basis. Uh-huh. So uh, we try to discourage it. But if someone wants to try something on, 
we can also isolate that product afterwards. We have steam here, steam machines and all yeah. sorts of things. So, um, But from now, really, what it will be is mammies, daddies, partners, wives, everyone buying, mainly buying presents for the men they love. Yeah. So this is a very important part of our business. We're here to help. We've got big staff on, big crew this morning. So I think it's justified because already there's activity on the street. Well, that's great to see. And as long as people do it responsibly and do it carefully, that is absolutely great. I wish, I wish you and your staff uh, the very best for the next few weeks, Eddie. That's Eddie Mullins down at Fitzgerald's Menswear in Patrick Street. We're seeing there's a queue forming, this according to WhatsApp, a queue forming for H&M on Academy Street. Now, when on the 12th of November, Douglas Village Shopping Centre reopened for business, Vicky couldn't open her It's Only clothing shop because of the Level 5 restrictions. The shutters are just gone up. Morning, Vicky. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Happy days. Oh my God, I think I must be one of the happiest retailers in Ireland today to be opened after 15 months eventually. So it's a big day, yeah. big day. You'd love to have been there on the 12th with everybody else, but... I would, but sure, you know, we were delayed and delayed and you just have to take it in your stride. And, mm. you know, we're just so excited to be open today now. Yeah. You did You, you did an alternative. You, you did online and pop-ups, didn't you? I, I did, I did. I tried to keep something going. But it, there's nothing like having your own shop back. I feel as if today now when I opened the doors that it was just like being home. Yeah, yeah. I was wandering around the centre there the last couple of days to the shops I at least could go into and there was a buzz, certainly. People in behind closed doors, obviously, with the lights on, getting the decorations up, getting the stock organised. It's a big day. It's another, like, it's another reopening today down there. Oh, it's just like the first day of business all over again. It's, you know, it's been amazing. I was here till two o'clock last night getting ready and back in at seven this morning. So it's, it's been very exciting. Will you be able to extend your hours or what will you do? Will you? Do you know what? I'll, I'll kind of play by ear and just see. You know, if people are hearing that they want to shop, I'll be open and ready to serve them. I think we just all need to be mindful of social distancing at the moment. Yeah. Especially in retail. We How many people can you have in the store, Vicky? Um, well, my store is, is pretty big, so kind of six to eight. Okay. Yeah, so it's, you know, and it's a very personal service as well. So, yeah. but um, um, Are you able to do things like fitting? Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 I've, I've big fitting rooms, so that's okay. Yeah. All right. Good luck, Vicky. Thanks, PJ. It's been Thank a long, you. long hard days. road. It's been a long, hard road, but happy to be open. Hopefully now we'll get all the support and, again, shop local. We know the message. We know what we need to do. We need to keep our local businesses open and just everyone needs to do their part. Okay, absolutely delighted for you. And delighted as well that that flipping burst drain in Douglas last night. I drove down. I drove. I I saw a tweet about it and I drove down to the village about 11 o'clock. Yeah, it nearly finished me off because I was in here and the lads were outside working and they were showing me pictures and I thought, we can't do this again. No, they did a great job in fairness. The engineers did a great job last night. They They really, really did. did. All right, Vicky. Good luck with everything. Take care. Bye-bye. 1850-715-996. Oh, I will answer that in a minute. I will answer that question. Let's come in about vaccines in just a minute. To the jewellery sector. Now, I, I've seen a few jewelries or jewellers that were open for click and collect and that sort of thing over the last couple of weeks, but the doors are finally open again this morning. Tim Keane, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Happy day. A very happy day. 
delighted to be reopened. Yeah. So we are looking forward to hopefully a great Christmas. Yeah. And we're abiding by all the rules, shields, masks, everything, you name it. We have our everything up even more so because we need to protect our staff. Yeah. They're a valuable asset to us yeah. for the next for all the time. And we're really looking forward to people shopping locally. I've even done it myself. This year we decided instead of going and buying fancy decorations, bits and pieces, I went and I got a local company to make reindeers. Nice. And we have them all over the windows and in the shop and they right. look fabulous. I can just wandering around the, the 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 effort gone into windows while the premises were closed and people were just getting in and working away behind the scenes. When everyone's open, it's gonna look great. It is. It is and there's a fabulous atmosphere coming. You know, I think we're all fed up of having been closed and we're all looking forward to the future and moving on. And of course with all the good news of the vaccine and everything, people are suddenly saying, Oh yeah, well we're open, we're on the road to the mm. right way. You know? Tim, no, we the, be the, careful. Of course, everyone needs to be real careful. The fitting of jewellery, things like rings, necklaces, earrings, you know, it's that's a very hands on thing. Can it be done under these circumstances? Yes, yes. Well what we do is we have a sterilizer in the shop. And after people have tried them on, we put them into the sterilizer and sterilize them. And I mean, if they pick one, then that's theirs, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's easy enough to do. It's not rocket science, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just a, mean, just a bit of regular much. science, as you... Yeah, that's all. You all know, right. I mean, and I mean, it's all about getting the nice present and being happy for the next few weeks. Indeed, indeed. And, and your contribution to that uh, for many, many years, Tim. Thank you. 1850-715-996. Now, our Fiona is down in the city centre, Fiona Corcoran, and we'll be talking to some shoppers, hoping to hear back from her in the next half an hour or so. Uh, Colin says, I wonder would PJ take the vaccine when it has not been tested on the people with underlying conditions and older people, or at least that data has not out yet. I do not trust drug companies not to talk up the vaccine to get a boost for their shares. Once the approval, once the stamp of approval comes down, now we're not there yet, but once the stamp of approval comes down to say X, Y, or Z vaccine may be distributed, my answer caller, which arm... The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. The Takeover. On Cork's 96FM. Weeknights from 7 on the Big Drive Home. We give you the chance to take charge of our tunes. Join me, Lorraine, as you decide what songs we fire up. What we play. See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now 0833 969696. On Cork's 96FM. I was asking some of our contributors this morning from the business sector was the last few weeks worth it? Kevin reminds me that uh, the proof of the pudding is actually in South Dakota where one out of every thousand residents of South Dakota has died of COVID-19. So there you go. 
that's the uh, the hard facts of it. So it was worth it to keep those climbing ever-increasing numbers down. 1850-715-996. Giveaway with us this week. Foot Solutions on Grand Parade. A 200 euro voucher every day giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. Now, I have footprints in the snow or footsteps in the snow for you. Three sets of footsteps. And I need you to count up all the footsteps and tell me around 5 to 12 how many footsteps you heard. Give you one set now, one set next hour, one set before the end of the programme. Count them up. Now, I was very kind and very generous and very nice to you yesterday. I mightn't be so kind today, but then again, I might get a notion because it's the 1st of December and Christmas is only a couple of weeks away now. So I might. But here we go. First bit of audio today with Foot Solutions. How many footsteps in the snow? I suppose if I switched it on, I might get an answer. Will it be really nice and play it again? Oh, go on, it's nearly Christmas. Here you go, first set of footprints. Count them, make a note of it. We'll give you more next hour. Coming up after 10, we'll be looking at a huge, and I mean a huge study across a hundred and odd countries and nearly 6,000 people took part in this as to whether or not we gave the young people a hard time during lockdown and did so unfairly. Have young people been unfairly vilified? during COVID-19 and during the various lockdowns. There's been a massive study done on that and uh, I'll talk about it after 10. But we're still looking around at the businesses that uh, are opening today and it's great to see it open for them. And the queues, I don't see many queues looking out my window here. I can just about see the edge of of Pennies and Brown Thomas from, from where I sit and there's no real sign of any big queues. But then again, that's better. We were here in June, 12th of June. Do you remember the queues around the corner, down the side? And that wasn't healthy either. So we wouldn't want to do that now. So please don't queue up all day. You know, be, 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 be responsible about it. And if there's too many people in the shop, come back later. Simple. 1850-715-996. Of course, not everybody, not everybody is back open today. Sinead Murphy, you're still closed in the dance studio game. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, we are, unfortunately. But, you know, listening to all your contributors um, over the last while this morning, it all just sounds so positive for them. And it's great because that definitely gives us a um, sign that there is light at the, end, at the end of the tunnel. And it's great to see things moving on. But from our point of view, you know, unfortunately, uh, we are still closed. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's interesting. I've got a, a bit of an interesting comparison here that... Um, extracurricular educational activities and indoor activities for children Hmm. are now in effect in the same bracket as wet pubs without sounding just making that sound disrespectful to anyone but you know we are the only ones who are not open now yeah 
theatres, live performance as well, obviously, the entertainment industry has been hugely affected. But, you know, as I say, without sounding disrespectful, we are pretty much now in the same bracket as... as no, you're, you're not sounding disrespectful at all. You're making your case for your sector, which is exactly what the wet pubs have been doing. And Yeah, yeah. You know, no matter what the science says, people are going to make their case, and as is their right. Oh, absolutely. But if you take a typical dance class that you would have been running this morning, like, I take it social distancing would have been easy. Oh, absolutely. You know, at all times, you know, since we returned to the studio in July, um, we adapted our teaching practices. So all our classes became low impact classes and we are creative people. So we were able to adapt and adhere to all the safety procedures. All the students at all times were two metres away from each other. The teachers were two metres and further away from the kids as well. Um, Previously, some of our senior classes might have been 90 minutes in length, but all class times were reduced so that we would comply again with all the guidelines that we were given um, and that we would be able to sanitise the studios, disinfect, etc. after each class. We did everything that was asked of us. And some colleagues of mine actually in the Irish Ballet Teachers Association were very fortunate to have had a meeting with Minister Catherine Martin a few weeks ago. Yes. And so she is the Minister for Arts, Culture, Tourism, Media, Sport. And she advised us to formulate a document, which we duly did, and we presented it to the Cabinet COVID subcommittee, who are our elected representatives. We presented it to them for review, highlighting all the safety measures we put in place. Mm. And obviously it has fallen on deaf ears. You yeah. know, nobody has um, taken us to, uh, you know, to, to give us the opportunity to open. You know, we operated the strictest of protocols mm. in incredible And, and did they even tell you uh, no, what, what the problems are? No, they didn't. No, you know, they haven't told us, you know, they haven't given us any guidance whatsoever. Like, for example, you'd wonder why you'd wonder why you can't put, say, 10,000 people or 5,000 people into Croke Park for the All-Ireland semi-finals coming up. And what they'll tell you is that all those people will create a crush on the way in and the way out. Uh, is there any, like, when you say, well, why can't we open? We can distance, we can sanitize, we can cleanse, we can do all of these things. Nobody has given us an answer. We're almost like the forgotten sector here, you know. Um, We have been told that the Arts Council are formulating um, a guidance document with Foil to Ireland, but we're still waiting for that um, document to be produced and presented to us. So we've had no guidance whatsoever, you know, since since the whole um, virus started way back in in March. It's been really, really difficult. We've been, you know, we, we got together as a group of teachers to support each other. And as a result of that, then we formed the Irish Ballet Teachers Association. The Performing Arts Educators of Ireland um, formed an association. So basically, you know, we are representing the performing arts sector and presenting our cases to the various government departments, especially the Department of Arts, Culture and Heritage, and presenting all our information to the Cabinet Cabinet COVID subcommittee. And, you know, they they say that they've been using data and evidence in um, their reasoning for reopening certain parts of Mm. of the, the country. But there has been absolutely zero cases of COVID-19 attached to dance classes attached to um, performing arts classes. We've had no cases whatsoever. Yeah. So it, we're, we're kind of lost, really. You know, we are lost. But then on the other side of the coin, and this sounds really weird, but if I was a funded youth organisation, I mm. would actually be able to open and have 15 students in my class. Oh. I have 
Yeah, I have colleagues up the country who um, run youth dance companies, youth ballet companies, and by following the guidelines set out by the Department of Children and Youth Affairs, they can have 15 students at level three. But us in the private sector can't. You know, if you look on gov.ie... Oh, that's hardly fair. I know, but if you look on gov.ie, and every parent is going to look on gov.ie to see where dance classes stand in the current level of restrictions, and it clearly states... You know, no indoor activities, no dance, drama, no. gymnastics. So hold on, now. If I'm if I'm operating a youth group, effectively, and I am funded by the Department yeah. of Youth Affairs, well, I'm I, not sure who who funds well, whether it's okay. the Arts Council or whatever, but they Where? are funded and they are able to operate. Oh, that's mad. I know. So technically, yeah, but, but, oh. technically, someone of in that status could open their studio across their their space across the road from yours, and you can't. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's grossly unfair. That's grossly unfair. That's not bizarre. That's grossly unfair. Yeah, and it just does feel that the private sector is being discriminated against, regarded you know, as opposed to the funded sector. Um, But that's just the way it is. You know, Mm. that's just the way it is. Now, people will say, Sinead, look, you're a business. You're running your business. Your best interest is your business. But that effectively, dance classes are a luxury. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, it happened the last time I spoke with you on the phone and somebody did say, you know, it's only a dance class. But in effect, that's my business. I have staff um, and we are providing an an outlet for Mm. children. And now, albeit it is indoors, I will accept that it is indoors. But, you know, if you're allowed to have a group of adults train in a gym, why can't you allow a group of children train in a dance studio? At all times, the Department of Health, which where they've referenced HICWA reports and international research have said that children are not responsible for the spread of the mm-hmm. virus. Mm-hmm. At all times, they've said that. And they've also said, you know, um, with reference to a HSE publication of Keeping Well This Winter, that it is essential for children and teenagers for their physical and mental health that they continue with um, an exercise activity. Now, Okay, most of them, you know, in my case, it is an indoor activity. Yes. So those kids are also discriminated against regarding against the kids who just have a sporting activity that can place outdoors. Yeah. You know, so it's it's difficult for them. You know, it is difficult for them, um, and it's difficult for us as as business owners. You know, we are teaching them on Zoom, and it's great to have the connection with them that way. It's fantastic, and yeah. you know, it's not ideal, but at least it is giving them some form of connection with the teachers and with their classmates in in their dance class. But you know, I suppose the fear is that officially. Um, performing arts schools, dance schools are only allowed to operate in level two. And I think we all know level two is... It's a bit of work away yet. It's a bit of work away. As much as it all sounds so positive and everything this morning and it's fantastic. But, you know, I suppose everybody does have a big fear that we could possibly be heading to further restrictions again in January without, you know, thinking about it too much. I know, I know. But from our point of view, that puts us even further away, you know. But, you know, to put the positive on it, because we have to put a positive on this as well, that it is great to see our economy opening up and the businesses in town. I mean, I have parents in my school who thankfully are able to reopen their businesses today and we'd like to wish them all well because that's so important as well. Absolutely. You know? here's, here's a call. This makes an interesting point, this caller. I sympathise with that lady, but schools are making such efforts to get people into pods and they're getting better and better at it. 
you can't even cross the classroom now to the teacher or the chalkboard or the display. You must stay in your pod. Would it not ruin all this hard work if you then have children mixing with other children in a dance class? But we also operate in the pod system. And what we have done is we have put children who are in the same, if they happen to be in the same academic class in school, they are in the same pod in their dance class. Or if they're in the same school. You know, we, we thought of as many things as we possibly could sure. to make it work for us, right. you know. We, well, look, we tried everything. And we'll keep trying, I, I can tell I'm you disappointed. That. I'm very, very disappointed for you on two fronts. Obviously, generally, that you can't open yet. But, but... First of all, this, this idea that state-funded facilities can open and you can't because you're private. That, I'm very disappointed for you on, on that front. And I'm also very disappointed for you that when you went to ask these questions of the Irish Committee, you got no answers. Yeah, we didn't. And actually last week, Orla Nivrian, who is um, a, um, an advocate for the Irish dancing um, sector within our sector, um, spoke at the Joint Directors Committee last week and presented the case so well. Now, unfortunately, I suppose that was just Wednesday or Thursday of last week, which possibly all the decisions had already been made by the Cabinet um, to reopen us, you know. Um, so it might have been a little too late, but you never know. Nothing is ever too late. We'll keep fighting. And okay. when we do come back, I can tell you we will be back bigger and stronger. All right, look forward to that, Sinead Murphy, at the Cork School of Dance, she's the principal there, 1850 I don't know about you, but that sounds really unfair to me, that a state-funded facility that where dance classes happen can open under level three, up to 15 people, and she can't. A lot of people asking, are CADA open? We don't know. We'll check with that. We'll check. If, if anybody knows, is CADA open at the moment? That's the Cork Academy for Dramatic Arts. Are they open at the moment? If they are, why? Are they coming in under this state funding thing? The Sunday Times, this message comes in. The Sunday Times reported a study during the week indicating that transmission rate increased during the weeks that pubs opened. There's no such study indicating that dance should be closed and obviously there's no alcohol involved with dance classes. We've been closed since the day schools closed in March, so we're the longest closed private businesses in Ireland. I take it that's from somebody with the dance class. Hi, PJ, could you throw it out there that since we're back at level three, is there any dance studio in open in the city or on the north side? I'm trying to get back teaching my break dancing. Haven't taught in about a year, haven't trained myself in ten months, says that message. We don't think there's anything like that out there, unfortunately. Uh, Mick was on from Ballyfehan. I mentioned what I said about the vaccines and, and I stand over this. Look, many of my friends would say, no, we'll wait a little while. And fine, um, because it'll be a little while before any of us who are in the reasonably healthy sector and the not at risk sector, it'll be a while before we can get our hands on the vaccine anyway. But I just said, uh, which arm, please? Which arm, doctor? Mick in Ballyfehan says, I will say a prayer for you and your family after taking the vaccine. Well, thank you, Mick. I, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Just seeing here on my screen, queues now starting to form outside some of the major shops, pennies in particular. Up to now, they had people entering and leaving uh, at a specific rate and time with keeping the doors open they've just now started to prevent people going in until some have left I wonder do they have these green and red screens that are in so many shops now they're, they're worked by infrared 
is an infrared counter as you go in the door. And once the screen senses that there's a certain number of people in the shop, it goes red and you're asked to wait until it goes green again. And sometimes it'll let three in and sometimes it'll let two in. Not too sure if they're doing that in in pennies, but they're doing it in a lot of places. But some queues starting to form. And look, if you're in a queue, that's fine. That's grand. I completely understand that, you know. But be sensible. Stand well back. Don't be falling on top of one another. Stand well back and put on your mask. That's worth noticing from this morning, or worth noting, rather, from this morning. It's been in the news, but we haven't mentioned it on the programme just yet since we came on at nine. From today, if you're in a crowded outdoor situation, you're also required to wear your mask. So if you're standing in the queue for pennies, for example, or anywhere, Duns or you name it, you should have a mask on. Even if you're in the open air, even if you're well social distance, it's in a crowded area. This is something that they've been already doing all over the world. I was talking to Julian in Lanzarote last Friday, and it is mandatory in the street over there and has been since day one to wear the mask in any kind of a crowded public place or even walking on the on the pavement. It's 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 mandatory there. It's, it's that way here now. So if you're queuing outside a shop, please put on your mask and stop this old nonsense about it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that. Just put the blasted thing on, will you? You know, cop on a small bit if you're one of these people who thinks it's no no good for nobody. Cop on. Just do what you're told. 1850-715-996. We had an email from Tracy. uh, Hi, PJ. My name is Tracy O'Donovan Lenan. I'm a dance teacher and the owner of Foot Dreams Performing Arts, which is located at Mahan Point Shopping Centre. I think we might have spoken to to Tracy before. We're absolutely devastated to not be included once again in the Level 3 announcement. The studio has opened now for a total of 12 weeks this year. Our children need to dance and have a right to their dance class. They need it both socially and mentally. I have a six-year-old student questioning her right to dance, after watching Friday night's toy show, which, by the way, was superb. She wants to know why those kids, who performed brilliantly, were allowed to dance. And she's not. We provide a a safe, controlled and sanitised studio, which for now remains closed indefinitely. What about our elite students who are preparing to study dance at third level in the UK? I know you've previously highlighted this topic with Sinead and with Lucy, but I'd appreciate a mention again says Tracy. Thanks, Trace. 1850-715-996 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Yesterday morning, we were talking about Besborough. Spoke to Martin Parfrey from Know My Own about an application uh, by a company called MWB2 to erect a major residential development in the Besborough area, in the grounds of Besborough. And No My Own are fundamentally and vehemently opposed to that happening because of what might be buried on the site. We know that there are hundreds of children not accounted for. Also on the on the examiner this morning, the Cork Survivors and Supporters Alliance, which represents more than 50 families of children who died, say they're outraged at the plans to bring 246 apartments. They want to wait for the final report for the Mother and Baby Homes Commission of Investigation. Now, a statement was issued to the examiner by the company um, yesterday, and I'll get to that. Is that a breaking news story? Whoa. Uh, 
Sky News is breaking an international story here. Debenhams to be wound down. Is that completely? Debenhams to be wound down. 12,000 jobs at risk following failed rescue talks. People wondering if this will add more pressure to the staff in Cork and in Ireland. I don't doubt that it will. We'll bring you more on that as soon as we know. But let us go to uh, Councillor Des Cahill, who spoke about the Besborough situation last night at the council meeting. Let's remind us of what he said. It is unacceptable that the board can make a decision like this when people of Cork do not want this to happen. And furthermore, when the upcoming city development plan is to be finalised, I will be calling for those lands to be dezoned for housing so these applications cannot come before council or board Planola again. Councillor Kieran McCarthy also spoke out last night. There's been no pre-public consultation. There's been no consultation with survivors groups in particular. No pre-proposals for memorialisation. No waiting for the Attorney General's report and their recommendations for the Mother and Baby Homes Commission, which is due out very shortly. Um, just um, a strategic housing development notice and an application to Cork City Council um, notice um, on the ditch in Besborough. And just the people on the ground and who are being affected by the whole Mother and Baby Homes, um, they're just not being listened to. Now, as you said, this broke on Sunday evening. Uh, I was notified by one of the groups I'm involved in. Look, as a as a member of the Besborough Commemorative Committee, and that's my cards on the table, I guess I should be honest, uh, I get these notices and I saw it on Sunday evening, which is why we broke the story on the show yesterday with Martin from Know My Own. MWB2 did issue a statement, which I'll get to momentarily. They issued it to own English in the examiner. Uh, and it's it's on the, the paper this morning. I have a copy of it in front of me. But Councillor Des Cal's back on the line. Des, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. I, I guess that look, if the, if if MWB two don't get the go ahead, what's frightening people is that somebody eventually will. And mm-hmm. what the activists, in particular, know my own who I spoke to yesterday, they want not so much as a shovel brandished over that ground until they know if what exactly lies beneath and where it lies. Yes, and I would agree with them. Um, wholeheartedly, I think when this land was zoned many many years ago, this was pre-tomb, etc. Um, then, of course, there was the collapse of the economy and the building and all of that that went with it. Um, so, I think the fact that we're going to, I want to now try and change the zoning and the new city development plan. There is a legal danger there, of course, that that's setting the precedent that if people had bought a place and then it was changed after the fact, that they would have recourse. So. It's not. Um, it won't be an easy journey, but I think it's the only thing to do at this stage because, particularly with the new powers of the board, in other words, any application of a hundred units goes direct to the board. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to ask two. you about that one. Yeah. Normally, a housing application or a planning application for housing development would go through your good selves inside in the chamber and through the planning department inside, and then permission would either be granted or it wouldn't, and one side or the other would then appeal up the line. To onboard Planola, under for in for very simple layman's understanding, Des. Yeah. What has changed now? Okay. What is changing? Uh, what is changing that any housing application that is zoned that the lands on it are zoned above one hundred units bypasses the local authority planning system and goes direct to onboard Planola for a decision, and the only input the local authority have it can make submissions, and that's it's limited to that. I take um, it then that if board Planola gives permission that the usual appeals facility remains in place? 
it's harder to appeal an abort Tlala decision because an abort Tlala decision is by and large, um, you know, that's the final decision unless there's a legal reason for it uh, that the process wasn't done in the correct manner. So generally speaking, when you appeal it, you see, the board was there to deal with appeals when the local authority was challenged, either positively or negatively. Yeah. Now that they're taken out of it and you're going direct to the person who makes the final decision, um, it, the rules have changed dramatically. And according to one of the speakers last night, 80% of all of these cases across the country that have gone direct to the board have all been approved. Yes. I sat in at about six, I would reckon, six discussions or six meetings with the planners in relation to various applications like this one, and all six have been um, put through by the board. Yeah. None of the... Um, comments or remarks or observations by the council or councillors were observed in any of them. Okay. Let me read you by way of balance the statement that Irish Examiner Old English got from MWB2 Limited. Now they, they confirm obviously that they've launched uh, or lodged rather a planning application. They describe the details of it. They say it will be sensitively designed and landscaped creating an inclusive community feel. They then go on to say we are very conscious of the historical concerns and sensitivities around the Besbra Mother and Baby Home. However, while the proposed development sits on a parcel of land associated with the former Besbra estate, there are no recorded archaeological sites or built heritage features within that site. We have engaged experts in the area of conservation and heritage to approach this development in the most sensible manner. Their report concluded there is no evidence to suggest the proposed development site contains any undocumented burials associated with the former mother and baby home. Now, the question that screams at me from the last paragraph of that statement, this is, hang on, an undocumented burial by its very nature doesn't leave evidence to suggest of where it is. A hundred percent. And I think that's why when there, there is a national investigation going on to all of these sites, that until that uh, report and those results are ready, I mean, common sense, we should have thought that there would be no applications at any sites that's associated with an investigation of this nature. And I suppose to clarify as well, secondly, so there is two applications. One is directly to the board and the other is to the council because it's 79 units. Okay. But to be clear as well, of course, councillors have no decision in any of these decisions. We can only make observations. So that's why I called on the Lord Mayor to kind of write to the board directly on behalf of the councillors expressing our disquiet, at the very least, and our objection to any application towards these lands. Who owns the land right now? Um, that, I think, it's, it's it seems to be passed up by various different companies. Hmm. And at a cursory look... Any time these applications have come in the last number of years, it's been a different, a, a different face has been put forward, mm-hmm. in my view. So I don't, it, it's so, I personally don't know who owns them. They're all different companies that own different sections of it. It's got more uh, layers than a good lasagna. That's the thing with all these lands. Yes, I think there is an element of that there. Um, but I think what the board missed, and it, it came up last night very strongly across all parties, that the power is given to the board a number of years ago to, to, to bypass the local authority that you know these powers should be taken away from the board at the moment and uh, immediately really from now on because their argument for them being put in was to make big decisions to get housing built. Mm. I think 
most people would agree to a large extent, a lot of projects have got off the ground now. Mm-hmm. And building, you know, it's not all about numbers and maps. It's about people and places. Yes. And that's where the value of the local authority and the local councillors, the local groups come in. Is it at least possible to um, put upon the board to, to say, look, can you at least not deliver judgment on this application until we actually read what is in the report of the Mother and Baby Homes Commission? Well, that is, of course, a view the board could take. But could it be foisted on the board? I don't believe so. I think the time frame for when... Who has the power to ask the board that? Someone's got to have the power to ask the board that. That's correct. I suppose the... I suppose in theory, I suppose the uh, Minister Owner Bryn, the Minister of Local Authority and and Planning, um, because, but at the same time, this country has a very bad um, history with politicians and planners and planning authorities and et cetera, et cetera, which is why lots of the safeguards have been put in place and lots Mm. of the doors, I suppose, of conversation that could happen previously can't happen now. So the board is meant to be um, and it is it independent yeah. of, of, of constraint as it should be because of what happened previously but equally it's also board, meant to reflect government policy of the day yes that's why it's a board and it's not a person it's, it's made up of no. I believe a dozen or so people no, but it's, in making its decisions it's supposed to give cognizance to, to government policy of the day but I think what they look at the mm, Maybe it is. I'm not so sure. Um, from the results and from... That's true. I think, I, I think what they do is they make decisions on statistics. Yeah. And, you know, we're not a statistic. Well, we'll see where it goes, Des, at this point. Uh, because it's certainly now in, in, in the lap of the gods, in the, in the hands of the board. Councillor Des Cahill, thank you very much. The two developments, it's two developments proposed by MWB2 on the Besbra grounds, statement issued to the examiner. One of them gone straight to the board. The other will go to the, the local council. And it's all in the lap of the gods, unfortunately. 1857-15996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, I will come back to this Debenham story that's breaking on Sky News, but it's to be wound down. This is according to the Sky News website. It's been wound down after JD Sports pulled out of talks on a rescue takeover. Give you more on that uh, later in the hour. But I want to go to this um, study that was carried out by the NUI Galway, or they led a study uh, by UNESCO, a massive study in more than 100 countries and studying almost 6,000 young people. And the key question was, were young people unfairly vilified during the course of COVID-19? Have they taken an unfair amount of blame for a rise in numbers or a surge or infections in the summertime? Have they had, have we been giving young people an unfairly hard time? 
The study is led by Professor Pat Dolan in the NUI Galway. Pat, good morning to you. Good morning. That is the gist of it, isn't it? Have we looked unfairly at young people in the course of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, it's part of it. It's not the only part of it. Um, I mean, the study is really seeking to find out the impact, particularly the social impact of the virus on young people globally. And that means obviously a lot of different things for young people in different parts of of the globe or the world. But we're particularly interested in looking at the impact on their well-being, their obviously issues around their education and lockdown uh, in terms of their learning, but also in terms of how technology has impacted on them uh, and also the loss, the same as for anybody else, young or old, the loss of, of human contact uh, moving to the virtual world. We often assume that young people like the virtual world more than older people, perhaps, and that could be true or not true, but the same as anybody else, they, they uh, have relationships and not least, they have relationships with old people in their own families, as well as neighbours and friends and so forth. So the study is really trying to explore globally, uh, across all the regions of the world, the impact of the pandemic, uh, good and bad, uh, on young people and their lives. About how long will the study take? I, well, the study, uh, first of all, the study is unique in that it is young people doing the research with other young people. We train young people as researchers, as you'll hear from Ella. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the study probably will take us to the end of next year. Uh, it's It's been uh, going since really active since uh, the summer. Uh, we should have the first set of results around April. Uh, and we're not going to produce massive research reports because people don't read them, to be honest with you. What we're going to do is produce short, sharp videos for policy, for other young people, for families, and for policymakers uh, and educators. Mm. So really we're talking about a couple of uh, bouts of, uh, which is probably an inappropriate term given the COVID, <laughs> but a, a series of, of, of um, uh, incremental uh, findings that we hope to, will emerge from the study. Stay there, Pat. You mentioned Ella Anderson. Ella is an undergrad at NUI Galway and is one of the youth researchers who's been trained up for this. Ella, good morning to you. Hi, how are you? What, what specific things will you and your colleagues be looking to find out and how will you go about trying to find it out? So with the research, so the data were collected. So as you said, during the pandemic, um, the worst has been assumed of a lot of young people how young people can be irresponsible and do not care for others. So this research is kind of, it's hoping to prove these assumptions wrong and show how young people are affected by this pandemic as much as anyone else is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important to have young people's voices, he- voices heard and hopefully the outcomes will help to influence policy and legislation and inform people on the problems that young people face globally. Yeah. And you and all your research colleagues will be in the age bracket 18 to 35. That's deliberate because young people talking to young people about young people is how this will work. Yeah, so it's uh, we find that when young people, young people are more likely to open up to other young people and be more honest about their answers when conducting research. Yeah, yeah. What's your own particular area of interest in this, Ella? So um, my part in the project is I'm on the global coordination team that oversees the research. I'm also the um, European North America Steering Committee member, and I'm also coordinating the European groups. So um, with the areas of interest in particular, it's focusing on mental health within Europe currently. Hmm. As a young person yourself, 
do do you feel that you and your peers have had a hard time and an unnecessarily hard time from the rest of us through this? I feel like young people, their voices can be dismissed quite a lot. And particularly when the cases are rising in Ireland, a lot of people were blaming because college has started back up that it was young people that were spreading it around and assuming that it was us that were affecting the numbers rising. Mm. Yeah, and I guess they were looking at things like if you take Spanish Arch there in Galway, they were looking at events here in Cork City over the last couple of weeks. Pat, bring you back in there for a second. Those are the kind of things that people look at and they think, oh, it's all young people going mad in the streets. Hopefully the study will we'll strip that away and look at the facts. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think there is, I mean, anecdotal evidence is very dangerous. We've got to be very careful of it. So, uh, yeah, there were some young people in the Spanish arts who behaved very irresponsibly, but there were lots of young people who behaved very responsibly. Mm-hmm. And we know, for example, from Colin Regan in the GEA and from Peroiga as a National Youth Work Organisation of incredible civic engagement of young people who got shopping in socially distanced for older people, for example, in communities of GA clubs, including my original club in Dublin um, uh, and Oliver Plunkett's club uh, own row, where around the Navin Road, incredible efforts were made by young people to make sure that the elderly, elderly were safe. Mm. But that doesn't really get in the media as much. Now, I mean, we've got to be really honest about this, whereas there are uh, some young people who may have behaved irresponsibly, and as I say, I think the vast majority haven't, that they've been really good. Similarly, I mean, not all... I think I'd be inclined to agree wholeheartedly with you on that, yeah. by the way. Well, we don't... I mean, we have to create the evidence around that, not just in Ireland, but globally. Yeah. And, and you know, so, you know, as Ellen mentioned, she's on the global... was elected onto the Global Steering Committee. You know, we're going to be looking at what, is, what does COVID mean if you're a young person in Kalisha Township in Cape Town, where you've got HIV-AIDS in your local community? What is, what's the impact there? Yeah. Or if you're a Rohingya young person currently in northern Bangladesh and can no longer live in southern Myanmar, what does it mean for you? So it, it, the study's going to look at this in a lot of different contexts. Mm. But one thing I, w- I would say, you know, if we think about this, it's interesting that, uh, and I'm not having a go at RTE here, but um, politicians haven't always behaved very reverently around COVID-19, as we know, from the summer. And similarly, even within the media. So, you know, we'll, You're talking uh, Golfgate and, and, and yeah. the, the, the infamous going away party. Yeah, uh, so I mean, we can't start cast. I think we're a bit too quick to cast stones uh, a little bit towards young people. And in fact, the evidence on, on other things like 9 11, like um, Hurricane Katrina, like tsunami, that the first people into helping humanitarian crisis globally has been young people. You're right. You're so right. If you look at after the earthquake in Haiti, plane loads of young people went out to help. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. You're right. You're right. Okay, we're going to leave it there for, for, with you for today, guys, and thank you for that, and good luck with it, and we'll look forward to seeing the results, presumably into the springtime of 2021. That's Professor Pat Dolan from NUI Galway, who is leading uh, the international study on behalf of UNESCO, and Ella Anderson from NUI, who is one of the researchers involved. It's 100 countries, 6,000 young people researching it. It'll be a massive study and we should see the fruits of it sometime in the springtime. But you know what? The kids are alright for the most part. They're not angels, but then which of us are? And I bet you that when it comes back, we will find among many other things that, you know what, for the most part 
they did what they were asked to do. 1850-715-996 on the phone. It's advisory, not mandatory, to wear masks in the street. It is also common bleeding sense, all right? Sorry, no, you'll get none of this advisory versus mandatory stuff. We'll get no truck with that BS here. Wear a mask for Pete's sake. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. The Everyman Theatre presents The Herd by John McCarthy, taking place this Saturday, December 5th at 8pm. The play will be an audio broadcast with tickets available now from the venue's website, everymantheatrecork.com. Access all areas. Following sold-out concerts for the last four years, the annual Cork Opera House Christmas Concert goes online this year on December 19th. This year's event will be a little bit different as the best in local Cork talent come together to sing a range of festive classics streamed live to your homes. Further details at corkoperahouse.ie Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streamed events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Right, let us look at this Debenham's story. Uh, we were going to talk to Mick Barry from Solidarity, uh, Cork North Central TD, anyway, in just a sec. But let's look more details at this story that is breaking, and I stress breaking from Sky News this morning, and that is that Debenhams is to be wound down. This is completely now. Wound down after JD Sports pulled out of talks on a rescue takeover. This places 12,000 jobs at risk 
in what's been a horror week for uh, UK retail. The other company that went bust or went into examinership yesterday, it was one behind Topshop and a load of other chains, they're going into administration uh, and uh, the jobs are okay for now, but I can't see it lasting. Debenhams will continue to trade for now to clear stock as administrators now seek a buyer for all parts of the UK business. The sale process has not resulted in a deliverable proposal, it says. So, the, yeah, that's the Arcadia group that went wallop, or is going wallop at the moment, with the other, handles all the other retailers. But JD Sports was looking at taking over Debenhams, and that isn't going to happen now, which may have all sorts of implications for the Irish operation, which, of course, was wound down suddenly in August, or in April rather, on Holy Thursday, workers were told by text message that their jobs were gone and here in Cork, as we know, and up and down the country, they have been on strike ever since that day. Uh, If they get to Christmas Day, it will be 260 days uh, on strike. Now, of course, there's been an intervention in the last week or so of Kevin Foley from the Labour Court uh, the, yeah, the Labour Court, and he is agreeing to, uh, on the, at the request of the Taoiseach and Tolish, to he agreed to intervene and to try to mediate and try to broker a solution between all sides. That brings us to last week. And there's been a development in the last few hours in that regard. Mick, we'll talk first of all about that, but then I want to uh, uh, ask you to what you think of the, the British situation. Uh, what happened? Kevin Foley agreed to mediate. And then what happened to the stock? Yeah, Kevin Foley agreed to mediate and he got down to the mediation quite quickly. KPMG gave a guarantee uh, to the mediator uh, that uh, their people would not be involved in packaging stock for removal or in removing stock uh, from the shops while the mediation was taking place. The mediation is expected to be relatively short and quick. When did However, it start, uh, I think you can you can date it back to maybe the start of last weekend, right, right? Or, the, or the end of last week. So twenty sixth, twenty seventh November. Yeah, I don't think it would be expected to that this is something that would drag on for a, for a yeah. month or anything like that. No, the reason I say is we know that Kevin Foley issued a statement Saturday confirming that there had been an agreement not to attempt to take any stock from last Friday to this coming Friday. So then, what happened? Well, what happened yesterday was uh, there were people seen inside the uh, old Debenham store in Henry Street in Dublin, uh, and they were packing stock, right? So um, there was some speculation as to what was going on there. And in response to the speculation, I think, Debenhams, or not Debenhams, KPMG, the liquidator, released a statement um, to RTE, And the statement uh, had um, a number of key points in it. First of all, they stated that the stock had already been removed completely from three of the 11 stores. Mm. And the three stores that they named were the Tala store, uh, the Newbridge store in County Kildare, and the Mahon Point store here in Cork. All right? Yes. Now, the workers have no way of confirming whether that statement is correct or otherwise because they're not allowed into the building, not even to get their their own belongings, which are still in their lockers, all right? Mm. Um, but uh, there is a possibility that that is uh, correct information in relation to Mahan Point because 
the Patrick Street store has been guarded 24-7. Yes. Right? Uh, but it is it is more difficult to do that uh, in Mahon Point. Um, I mean, it has been 24 hours many nights, but perhaps not every, uh, whatever, not every night. Yeah. So it is possible that that is true. Yeah. But, do, sorry, you reckon, do you believe, Mick, that the undertaking... The undertaking asked for by Kevin Foley has been broken because, to be fair to them, KPMG insists that it hasn't. Okay, uh, I think it's possible that the exact letter of the agreement uh, has not been broken. Uh, these guys are, you know, they're very clever with the, the the legal side of things and with lawyers advising them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? It was only it was only technically broken if KPMG had their own people inside that Henry Street store yesterday packing the stock. But there is no doubt that the spirit of that agreement, the spirit of an agreement that people would step back for a period of a week in order to allow the mediator crack on with his work, the spirit of that has clearly been broken by KPMG in two regards. Well, well, one thing we know, Mick, anyway, because I want to get to the, the, the broader issue of what's, coming out of the UK this morning is if Kevin Foley and if you know him and I know him as I think I do and I've dealt with a man over over the years on various different stories if he thinks that the spirit of his agreement was breached he won't he won't be backwards and coming forwards but saying it let's look well, at, at the UK well, let's, let's 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 hope so because yeah. announcing that about the three stores and what was done in Henry Street was very provocative yesterday. Okay. But yes, the UK. Let's look at the UK. News coming out of the UK this morning um, could put the kibosh on the whole lot because JD Sports, which as we know is this massive company, was looking to take over uh, or, or rescue Debenhams. It has pulled out. What happens now? Well, there's no reason why it should put the kibosh on the whole lot, okay? Because um, the workers have based their claim Uh, on the fact that there is uh, more than enough stock in the 11 stores uh, to pay for their redundancy claim, you know, not just once over, but not just twice over, but even more than that, okay? Mm. So the claim is based on the the stock in the stores. The the workers did make... But the thing is, don't they, and it's very unfortunate for them, and and we've talked to them since day one, and and God almighty, I feel for them in, in what they're going through, but... In terms of a liquidation process, they come down a very long pecking order, well down a very long pecking order, for the sharing out of whatever money can be leaned from that stock. Yes, but the point here in relation to what is the breaking news in the UK is that what's happening in the UK doesn't have a major bearing in terms of the issues that are being fought over here. Now, it is the case that there was an online business... Uh, which was registered uh, in Dublin, and over three days in the springtime. Hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah over three days in uh, in uh, uh, Dublin in the springtime, the ownership of that um, the ownership of that uh, online stock was transferred to uh, to London. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so the if, the, if, the, if the online stock was a major part of the workers' claim what was happening in the UK today would be a factor. But they, they've made mention of it, but they've based their claim on the issue of the stock yeah. here. So not so much, PJ, no. And the liquidators also say there's no legal basis for them to for fund enhanced redundancy payments. Well, they offered the workers a million euro over and above the statutory requirements. And in so doing, 
they have already set a precedent. Okay. So that's not an argument that holds any water. What's happened in the UK today, by the way, uh, underlines the point that the workers have consistently made is that there is a retail jobs massacre on the way and it's important that workers and workers' rights aren't brushed under the, the, the carpet mm. in that situation. Um, Debenhams are fighting not just their own corner, but for any other retail worker who might find themselves in this position down the line. Indeed, as we've discussed with it before. Thank you, Mick, for that. That's Mick Barry at Cork North Central Solidarity TD. And you know what? There may well be a tsunami of retail job losses coming in 2021. We hope to goodness it's not as big as some people fear. We really do. Let us go downtown uh, to Fiona. It's, are we getting some cues? Is it getting a bit lively down there, Fiona? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. It is. Uh, when I came here this morning at nine o'clock, it was quite quiet in town and there wasn't that big massive queue that everyone was expecting outside Pennies. But in the last hour, there's definitely a noticeable increase in the amount of people who are in town. There is a queue outside Pennies, but it's nothing like what we had after the first lockdown ended. It's just up that laneway beside Pennies and it's moving really quickly. Um, and there's small queues outside a number of shops. Um, you know, a lot of the smaller shops that can't allow a lot of people in mm. you've got one or two people standing outside but overall the atmosphere in town this morning is lovely it's really festive it's really people are very positive i've spoken to people who said that you know that they could have got stuff online but they just like to be able to come into town walk around browse around the shops and yeah. for the retailers themselves you know i've spoken to a few of them now this morning and there's a real air of excitement amongst them and they're so delighted to be able to open their doors once again and welcome people back and a lot of the the shops are extending their opening hours they're going to be open longer during the day and they're going to be open Sundays as well a lot of them so I think people are taking that on board as well and are you know not all just rushing into town all at the one time and taking their time and coming in over the next few weeks there is a lot of stock in shops so you know people don't need to panic and um, but there's definitely not a sense of panic around town Good. today it's you'll be jogging some people I think I have, yes, I have indeed. Good. All right, let's have it. Oh, it's grand. It's good. It's good to see it back. Fantastic. It's great. Great for the mind. <laughs> Couldn't wait for him to open. That's well, fantastic, yeah. And you're here in Michael Guiney's. What are you coming in to get? I came in to get an elf, actually. <laughs> but uh, he's actually stuck onto the reindeer, so... <laughs> I'll have to get the two if I want the elf. <laughs> and are you worried about coming into town over the next few weeks to shop? Or like you? Yeah, I would be conscious of, of being, like, in crowds. I'd be very conscious of it. So I just said, I'd come today and get it over and done with don't have to come again after that which is good I thought like there'd be a lot of people um, you know being the first day open but I'd say a lot of people were thinking just leave the crowds off so it's actually worked in our favour so thank God <laughs> no I didn't I did a bit but uh, I'd be a bit scared that I'd get too used to it I would like so yeah no I'd, I'd stay away from that <laughs> I love coming into town anyway it's, it's, it's a day out for me like. it's getting to the, the atmosphere and the feel of it like brilliant I am delighted thank god I was ever inside in town so early in my life <laughs> walking about quarter past eight I'd say yeah I finish with pennies now and also Miss having them open, especially oh, for yes. something for do. They give me to go to the house, like, you know, like we've been locked down for so long that we can't 
do nothing like really like, it's just to get out and do something you know yeah and are you a little bit worried about coming into town with crowds and stuff or are you okay i'm, not, I'm fine i'm fine i just want to keep my distance i'd be grand you know yeah so hopefully all goes well we're back in again tomorrow it's a we're going to drive everything today like so come with the family tomorrow so you know yeah and did you do any online shopping? I did. Loads. <laughs> I've loads, really. I've loads, yeah. So I'm forgetting what I'm buying for her and who I'm not buying for, so yeah. And is there any like, Christmas decorations that you're buying now today? Or? Christmas decorations today, yeah. 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 More. <laughs> More for the attic. It really is brilliant and I'm not a shopper, but I did miss them. <laughs> no. what, uh, like, what are you in for today? Well, I actually came in to get jeans and Brown Thomas that I couldn't get online. And then I ended up going into pennies, getting quilts and pillows. I'm going back to the car now because I've only two arms. I just thought town was dead. It was like a ghost town. It was eerie, like, so just to have a bit of life around the place. And this huge Christmas atmosphere today, isn't there? It's just it's amazing, like. Well, do you have any concerns about coming into town and crowds no. and shops? No, I mean, just be careful. You know, I, I hope not anyway. I, sterilize wear the mask don't really be with somebody too long to know i'm not bothered about restaurants or pubs like you know a social situation but shopping no no i'm not worried it's good for the head to get out absolutely yeah isn't it for everybody even i think all the retail workers are delighted to be back <laughs> which they won't be saying in another week in the, in the new year 2021 Hopefully that'll be better year for us all. <laughs> and so say all of us. From, from the sounds of Fiona, a lot of people wearing their masks there. Is she there? Yeah, a lot of people wearing their masks there, Fiona, I think. Yeah, I'm just looking around here, PJ, and the majority of people now are wearing masks and, you know, social distancing in the queues that are outside the shops. And I think, you know, for people who are coming into town, wearing masks now and keeping your distance from people has just become... I hate using the phrase, but the new normal, hasn't yeah. it? And, you know, people are just happy enough to wear their masks. And anybody that's going into the shops are wearing masks. There's signs up at all the shops to wear masks. But even people walking around the shop, walking around town, are, are wearing their masks. Mm. So I actually see one brave soul, Peter, wearing shorts. So that's, oh. that's <laughs> I'm just looking at him thinking, wow, <laughs> much braver than I am. Either that or all his jeans are in the wash. There's one of the two. <laughs> That's right, he's coming in to buy new jeans, essentially. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you, know, you were in Guy News, I think you were talking to Pat in there, were you? I was, yeah, and I had spoken to Pat just before the lockdown, and, you know, he was very, as were all the retailers that I spoke to that day, they were very disappointed that they had to close at such an important shopping time of the year. And I spoke to him again this morning, and it was a very different atmosphere over there. He even had a ribbon-cutting ribbon ceremony that I missed, but... Um, Delighted to have his doors back open again. Delighted to have customers back in the shop. And he has all the Christmas decorations out for people. And that's what the majority of people were buying in there this morning. So I spoke to, to Pat as well. What I might do, Fiona, is hold that piece of uh, clip until after the news because we are really slammed up against it. You, <laughs> no sneaky shopping now. You're at work, all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I do have a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> Into pennies. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona, thanks. Take care. That's that's our Fiona Corcoran downtown uh, checking the start of the Christmas shopping with retail opening uh, this morning. And we'll check out the that uh, interview from Guinness after the news because I must give you your second piece of audio with Foot Solutions. They're on the show with us every day this week with a 200 euro voucher 
giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. It's Footsteps in the Snow. Gave you one piece of audio in the first hour. Here is your second. How many footsteps in the snow? And you're only getting it once. We give you a third piece of audio before the end. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. 1850-715-996 is the number to call. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie. Twitter is at opinionline96. And of course, we've got the Quarks 96FM Facebook page at your disposal. Just send us a message and mark it for the attention of the opinion line. Coming up, that great news I've been promising you all morning. It'll be with us in just a few minutes' time. We need to play that interview that Fiona sent us from from Pat at at Guinea's, which we held over just before the bulletin there. But if it's if you want a hint as to what little bit of good news we have coming up, maybe this will serve the purpose. If I could make you believe, then there'd be some hope for me. I can't. I'm finished. This season, 20th Century Fox presents you with the most precious gift of all. Something to believe in. Miracle on 34th Street. Go there shortly. Go there shortly. But uh, as Fiona said to me before the news, she'd been around town this morning. She's waiting for her lunch break. She's going to raid pennies. I know she is. But she was in uh, Michael Guiney's and she spoke there to Pat Martin about the reopening this morning. Well, absolutely. A big buzz here today. Big buzzing around the town. Um, big crowd in the shop this morning already, which is great. And um, long may it last. And that's it, really, you know. Um, it's been a tough six weeks for everyone. Um, staff, owners, business owners in the city, for the city itself, and hopefully the next couple of weeks will be prosperous. Do you think that it's going to be enough to make up for the loss over November? Oh, no. Um, it'll take a piece of... It'll bring back a little piece in November, but you'll never get back November. Um, it's a massive hit. November is actually busier than December for most businesses leading into Christmas. And I think hopefully it'll be a success. You know? And what are people buying today? What's the, is it mainly Christmas decorations? Oh, Santi. <laughs> Santi and Mrs. Claus. All day long. Santi on the rain. There are Santi, this, Santi, that. It'll be all Santi with the next two weeks, hopefully. Yeah. You know? Well, we have plenty of them here. I to get rid of, so hopefully we'll get rid of them today. Do you know? have any extended opening hours? Oh, we're extending. We're opening 9 to 9, Monday to Saturday, and 10 to 7 on a Sunday. Okay. We'll be open right up. There won't be any 24 hours. You know, but and we will. Do you have any advice for people who are coming into town over the next few days? Take heed of everything that we're being told. We're not fools. And, I mean, it's up to us as individuals to make sure another lockdown doesn't come. If you don't want another lockdown, take heed of what they're saying. You know, these doctors and professors know exactly what they're talking about. And we can all say, wash your hands, cough into your arm, etc. Just take heed of what they're saying. And if you do what they're doing, what they're saying to do, we won't have an issue, you know? There's a bit of sound advice from Pat Martin at Guinea's. Thanks for that, Fiona. 1850-715-996. Now, coming up later, maternity leave. Supposing you could share it. So you get the maternity leave... And mom and dad can share the maternity leave. What much of a difference would that make? That's coming up before the end of the programme today. But before we talk about that, 
can I take you back to the 27th of October when I took a call here from Katrina Toomey at Cork Penny Dinners who was very concerned about the fact that we were entering another lockdown and she was trying to plan Christmas uh, because Christmas is a big, big day for Cork Penny Dinners and those who use it. So we spoke on the morning of the 27th of October. Tell me first of all what usually happens on Christmas Day. Well, what usually happens on Christmas Day is the River Lee Hotel, Rory and the the chefs over, all the staff, they all join in and they make Christmas dinner. So it's the full Christmas dinner with all the trimmings. And then they bring it over to us and we serve it at Penny Dinners. And that's been a kind of a tradition for years now and something that we look forward to. About and then, how many people would you serve Katrina. Over 200 on Christmas Day, the makings of Christmas dinners to coming up to Christmas as well. So that, that there's a lot, but at the premises, just over 200. But this year you can't yeah. do that. No, we can't because our premises is very small and we have to be realistic. So what we want to do is if we could find a, a way of covering off the street. You know, we were talking about pods and we were talking about what way we could do it and it's very difficult for me to kind of articulate what you, I you, want. You want to do in Little Hanover Street for the people who use penny dinners you want to do something along what the lines of Monty and the crew have done in Princess Street. You want outdoor exactly. dining for the Christmas dinner but you want to make it safe and you want to make it warm. Exactly and I do not want anybody standing up eating their dinner on a windowsill or whatever like what they do at the minute. That's heartbreaking for us you know. Now, I spoke to Katrina between then and now, and she said they had all the ideas, there were offers of help coming in, but it was just a little bit overwhelming, so she needed help, and she needed an event manager. And that's the point at which Michael Mulcahy came on board, and Michael and Katrina join me now. It's happening, lads. Good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. Morning, PJ. Katrina, it's happening. It is, absolutely, and... You know, to say that we're over the moon, it doesn't do it justice. We're just so relieved that we can be open and people, you know, not not the premises, but that we can have people sort of indoors and looked after on Christmas Day without any worry. And it's not going to happen on the street. Maybe Michael will tell you a little bit about that. But, uh, yeah, it's wonderful. We've managed to pull off a big coup here, Michael, I think. Yeah, I think, again, you, you've said it, and, and Katrina has said it really since the end of October, the, the, the idea of, of creating something on Little Hanover Street that would make sure that nobody in Cork on Christmas Day um, who is having their Christmas lunch in Cork Penny Dinners would have to eat their lunch on the street uh, or sitting on the footpath outside. That's just not us in Cork and that certainly wasn't going to happen. I think where Katrina or 96FM or anybody who listened to that were concerned. So it was a case really of, of seeing what was possible. Um, and you know, the the ideas of putting up tents on um, Little Hanover Street was discussed and, and while that might be possible in covering in the area you know, the weather um, at Christmas time you could find yourself um, with a bigger problem on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve if, if we got terrible weather in Cork. And that just was something that you'd have to have another uh, backup plan in place for. So what has happened uh, through the great generosity of, of another great Cork man, Frank Sheehan, um, Lancaster Hall, which is the building on Little Hanover Street, 
Um, there, there, it's a residential building and there are some medical consultants and others in there. Mm. has an underground car park right next door to uh, Cork Penny Dinners. And uh, the Sheehans have kindly agreed that we can have the car park uh, underground, which is a lovely uh, enclosed space. Yeah, and we're going to turn it into a winter wonderland for the miracle of Little Hanover Street 2020 for Katrina and everybody who is going to come to Cork Penny Dinners on Christmas Day for their Christmas lunch. Katrina, that's something else. You know what? It's such it's such a wonderful thing to be happening because it's it's all about the spirit, I suppose, of what Christmas is. Christmas is togetherness, and you know, I, I we make this year together. I suppose you know those that have come through it, and for all of us to have the people that are now out, I'm looking at them here, they're eating their dinners outside, you know, they're chatting, uh, you know, at the window, and um, it, it's awfully sad and. Definitely, this is probably going to be the greatest miracle for us ever to have people come to us and come into a lovely place that will be transformed because we'll have Griffin's Garden Centre on board yeah. as well. And yeah, yeah. Who's, who's coming in to help with the transformation, Michael? Well, <laughs> firstly, um, I, I spoke with a number of people because I think an operation like this needs great expertise. So John Minahan, uh, whom you know has a background from his army days and had a huge amount of event management experience in the army. So I asked John if he'd help. I asked Robert Stevens of Stevens Display if he'd help. I asked Lorraine O'Neill, who has worked with me on events before. And there's a number of other people all coming together who, where we will work essentially to, to build um, um, the venue even though it's in a car park, you know, it's not going to be a car park by the time we're finished with this. It'll be a beautiful space where everybody, where it'll be, there'll be lots of atmosphere inside it, lots of light, lots of heat, lots of music, um, and a great Christmas atmosphere mm. um, for anybody who comes in there who, for, who's going to have their Christmas uh, lunch. They're going to get a lovely experience, which is really, you know, what we should be doing mm. uh, at a time like this for Katrina because she does it every year and and I think for 2020 the year that it is, this is something different. It, it's just because it has to be because of social distancing but, you know, maybe there's something that will develop mm-hmm. here each year um, that can help Katrina out and take a little bit of the burden away. Pres- presumably the all of the health and safety with regard to distancing and sanitization has all been taken care of. Yes, there'll yes, be a full and, there'll and be a full sure plan in place, yeah. and and Katrina has her her uh, company who who has been fantastic to Cork Penny Dinners looking after all that. But we'll have a full plan in place for that as well, um, and will be implemented, and will be you know with people there to marshal it and people to look after everybody that's there. So everybody's coming there into a safe environment, leaving it from a safe environment. Katrina, we've come an awful long way in a few weeks, girl. Yes, we have, and you know a huge thanks, PJ, because. This, as you know, will mean the world to everybody that's coming to us. It'll show how much we all care and that they're not alone and they don't have to suffer through this Christmas. They've, the, the year has been tough for lots and lots of people. There are families out there that we'll have to get dinner to as well. And already we're delivering hampers. You know, we're delivering hampers the whole time, but we're, we're doing this now and we're trying to, to, you know, get them ready for Christmas, you know, and stock their cupboards and, and so that we'll take that pain away. We have lots of new people that are coming to us that would have been working, that would have never needed us. So we're mindful of the, the pain that they're going through. 
So we want Christmas to be for everybody, and mm. it will be, and the people from the, the, the that are homeless in the hotels and the B&Bs, they now have a place to come and sit for their Christmas dinner because the B&Bs sometimes don't have um, areas where they can cook or eat or stuff like that. And um, so now that they have a place where they can sit as a family and have Christmas dinner. And we also have Santa coming up from Kent Station we'll, who'll give out gifts to everybody. We'll have beautiful gifts and loads of stuff. And so rather than looking for it, we're walking off the premise that we, people will be looking at it this Christmas mm-hmm. because they, they need it more so, especially this Christmas on account of the rough year we've all had. The, yeah. It was a year of a bewilderment for, for so many. And we hope that we can, in like this miracle, should be hopefully, the, bring hope to people, which should be the start of many miracles in 21. We, we need it without each other. You know, can you see what Cork can do? And can you see what all the people are doing here in Cork? You wouldn't get it no place. Honestly, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. And we're here and we just sat there and, you know, um, you, you cry when people come and they give you reason for what they're bringing to any dinners, whether it's money or whether it's it's um, a donation of some sort. And, um, you know, we, we just sat there and we were just, you know, all of myself were inside and somebody mm. came with a donation that made us cry simply because it was the most beautiful way they, they said it like and the reason for it and that's very important as well everybody that comes to us has a reason to help somebody that's in need no matter what the reason is but we all know somebody and we do step up everybody steps up the people at Cork and further afield we had stuff in from England yesterday yeah. and um, you know all over the world they do care about us and they do look after us and that's what keeps us going and I always say it's like we can't fly unless we have people you know, giving us that wind to fly with, yeah. and they do, and that's what the important. And now with Michael and John and him, um, <laughs> with what they're doing, and um, it, it's great. It's just absolutely mm-hmm. just great to 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 know that it'll be in safe hands for us because we're so busy that we would have we'd have just melted PJ. You know, mm-hmm. we would have. Well, well, well. I know that. Michael, yourself and, and your own team who organise events, many events in, in particularly at this time of the year you had nothing to do this year so I thought well um, when Katrina needed an event manager I, I, I picked up the phone and, and I'm very glad that I did. Well, you know th- thank you I think PJ and 96FM for, for giving us the opportunity to, to contribute as well because you know perhaps at this time of the year um, not just because it's 2020 um, but, you know, Christmas is that special time of the year. And I think for what Katrina and all the volunteers do in Cork Penny Dinners, you know, when we look at Dublin and other places where there's phenomenal numbers of volunteers who get on board, just like in Cork, um, it's a time, I think, that we can all do a little bit that's going to give a little bit back um, at that special time of the year. So for us to be able to do this, and I suppose, you know, I, I will be looking... Um, for a little bit of help from all the people that are involved in my event. Um, I, I put out a post this morning on Facebook, the amount of people that have contacted me so far with offers of help from Christmas trees to decorations to other things. And I know Margaret in Griffin's Garden Centre, who does a phenomenal job for mm. us and for Cork Penny Dinners and everybody else, she's going to decorate the place. But I think there'll be so many people that want to get involved so that we can make a small little bit of a difference this year for everybody 
who who is going to have their Christmas dinner in Cork Penny Dinners. This is this is this is fantastic, lads, and, and I'm, I'm so so happy that that we started that conversation back at the end of October, Katrina, and so privileged that that we were able to have some small bit of help with it. We've had a call. Someone wants to put, right now, they're in Duns, they want to put together a trolley of stuff for the Pendy Dinners. What kind of stuff can they put into it? They can put, you know, things like, if they want to get children's pyjamas and stuff like that on that side, and even adults, but the fleece pyjamas are very warm you know and they, they can wear them under their clothes and they do keep them very warm yeah. but um, they can also if they want to get food they can get you know the basics like tea, coffee, sugar peas, beans etc all of that stuff okay. where you know that's what we we use for to feed all the families and uh, we have we have a team making hampers every single day because the demand is so high and they do it and we've been doing it since the start of March and um, they're flying away at that and delivering them and we're getting help from the Gardaí who are fantastic at delivering they've been just okay. there like since, since March they've been brilliant so, alright yeah. you know I'm going to leave it there for today I've no doubt we'll talk again a bit closer uh, to Christmas this is a happy happy day uh, for Cork Penny Dinners and for the Opinion Line because we wanted to run with this and we wanted to make help at least, put a small bit of help into making it happen. Katrina Toomey from Cork Penny Dinners and Michael Mulcahy, thank you. Uh, the miracle of Little Hanover Street. It is real and it is happening. And you know what? I've said this before and I'll say it again. When Cork comes out for its own, there's nowhere to touch us. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96FM. So just in case you missed it, what is going to happen on Christmas Day for Cork Penny Dinners, thanks to the intervention of Michael Mulcahy and John Minahan and a few, Frank Sheen and a few more of their uh, range of contacts around town, is that the miracle of Little Hanover Street will happen. They will move into the underground car park of Lancaster Quay, a huge space that will accommodate everybody and they are going to create a Christmas wonderland for the people who use Cork Penny Dinners. That's a little miracle that uh, we played and we're proud to have played and delighted, honoured to have played a small part in putting it together. We'll keep in touch with the plans as we get closer. 1850-715-996. How would you like about sharing your maternity leave? So you have the baby and you have, what, six months, nine months, 12 months off according to what you can get from your employer and combine it with your statutory and all of that, you get some time off. How would you like to be able to share that with your partner so that you can go back to work if you need to and he can uh, stay home and mind Babby and do all the things that you would normally be doing on maternity leave? It's a new idea. Two Fianna Fáil senators, Lisa Chambers and Fiona O'Loughlin, are trying to bring it to fruition, uh, at least look into it. It happens in other countries where people can share their leave. Uh, you know, mom and dad can work together to share their leave, or mom and mom, or dad and dad can work together to share their leave and, and work it out. So, that for the first year of baby's life, there's always somebody there. Neve Brady, uh, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Good morning, Neve. Good morning, 
Good morning, how are you doing? Good. Music to your ears, I think, if it could happen. Oh, absolutely. It's something that we've been talking in our house about for a long time, um, as as it would benefit, I suppose, both us and and the baby. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it'll be there in time for me next time around, which is in April, but mm. it's great to see it being put back on the agenda. Yeah. Because obviously you have your own business as well and you want to get back to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the issues with having to to take all the maternity leave with just one person is if you're self-employed, your business essentially goes on pause or definitely just into maintenance mode for, for a period of six months. Um, so take me, for example, my business started at the end of 2018. Um, I had my first child in June 2019, so I was out until January 2020. Then we had COVID in March. Um, and just picking back up now again, and, and again from April 21 for another six, nine months, you know, I, I have to, to step back from the business um, because my partner can't can't help me um, because the maternity leave isn't shared. Yeah. Um, so it's just such a pity, and especially for people who are really dependent on the self-employed business, um, it has a, a big financial impact as well as just being able to do your thing, you know, and being able to, to, to run your business and get that balance. We seem to be a bit out of step with other uh, European nations in terms of what we can do to use that leave between both parents. I think so. And what's interesting is that, you know, there's plenty of households who want to share um, and just to have the option to do what best suits them. Um, and I think COVID has given us a few things, but it did give some families a glimpse of what it could be like. Uh, so, for example, in my house, my partner was furloughed for a period of months in March um, and I was still working from home. So he was able to actually look after our daughter, yeah. right? At, at, and she, she's still young, so she's only a year and a half. So he had that time. I was able to work um, and it just showed that it was actually very good and yeah. it worked very well for us. And again, I know that we're not on our own, so I don't understand why we just can't have that flexibility and, and give households the opportunity to do what's best for them, like other co- countries have been successfully doing for a while now. Because mm. I know, and yeah. I've spoken to some people in Sweden, for example, and I'm, I'm now the details are, are foggy in my head, but they do have a way where both yeah. parents can can spread out their leave and take as much leave as they need, literally, over the, the first year of a baby's life. Yeah, no, they do have it, you know, <laughs> um, very well set up over there. But even like what Lisa Chambers was suggesting, I know that she was saying that perhaps like the first three months will be ring-fenced for the mom. Um, and then just even opening up the remainder of it to be flexible is a step forward. Yeah. You know, so like I breastfeed and I'd be doing it again this time. So like that would suit me perfect. You know, I can I can be at home for the time that I really need to be there in terms of frequency. And then once, you know, things settle down and stuff, my partner can step in. I can I can kind of step back and start doing more of the business again. And he gets to benefit too. Mm. So um, we don't have to go, you know, all in straight away. Um, I know that probably from an economic perspective and just from a you know operational perspective, it's not realistic. But like, can't we not make a start? You yeah, know? Yeah, because I mean, it, it it like you said, it chances of it happening before your next baby arrives in April are very slim. So, so will you have to put your business on pause again? 
Yeah, I will. I will. So um, I'm lucky from a from a work perspective that I um, have another employment as well. Um, so, you know, all my eggs aren't in the self-employed basket, mm. but it means that, yeah, the business goes back on ice again for another six months. And, you know, I'm relatively a new business, which I think is the cohort that's most affected because it means that, you know, developing that brand and developing that customer base just gets set back. Yeah. And for me, it's going to have been set back twice in, in less than three years. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to have a, a, a real impact. The last time I did one training course while I was on maternity leave and I felt so guilty about, you know, leaving my maternity leave to do something in the business. Like, yeah. again, like you shouldn't have to feel that guilty. You, know, you shouldn't have to try and make those choices, especially if your partner is able to help you. You know, yeah. you should just be able to do what suits the family and, and the unit the whole and um, so yeah it's going back yeah. on ice for the sake for the sake of that few months you know um, family and baby come first above all other yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and like, again it won't suit everybody but there are plenty of units uh, um, where the setup would be that the dad would love to be at home for a couple of months yeah, you know, um, not to have to take the financial hit of taking unpaid leave just so that he can be a part of it. Yeah. And the mom would be happy to, to 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 go back to work a bit earlier. Again, depending on what you do for a living and how available you are overall the week. Potentially, it it's it's a win win for, for for all involved. Neve, thank you very much, and good luck. It's April, isn't it? April, PJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's time will fly now. We'll get through Christmas first, and then. And then I'm later. also told you got engaged during the lockdown. Oh yeah, up the walls during lockdown. Yeah, oh, well, finding something to do, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got pregnant and got engaged, um, so we're probably just—you know—it's probably a good thing that we're coming out of lockdown because God knows what would happen next. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. That's Neve Brady. That's the idea that uh, Lisa Chambers and uh, and Fiona O'Loughlin have—that you take the block of maternity leave, whatever block of maternity leave people are entitled to, and that you can split it between the two partners, which. I'm done. Look, I am just an idiot on the radio. I'm just a fool behind the mic. I think it makes absolute sense. Absolute sense. 1850-715-996. Let me go back to Foot Solutions and give you our last piece of audio. 200 euro voucher to give away every day this week with Foot Solutions on the Grand Parade, giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas. A 200 euro Foot Solutions gift card every day. And we're doing foot steps in the snow I've played you two sets of audio I'm not playing them again I'm not playing them again so I'm giving you two steps two sets of audio and I want you to count up all the steps and text or whatsapp your answers in now and we will pick a winner before the end of the show here is your third and final set of footsteps in the snow for today with Foot Solutions All right, look, it's the 1st of December and people are in good humour and all that. So I'll give them to you again. I'll give you the last set of them again, all right? You ready? Here we go. Okay. How many in total this morning? 
083 396 96 96. The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. With Son-in-law is in the civil service in the UK, says this message, and he could take six months on full pay. Our daughter took the first three months after their baby was born, and he took the six months after that. I then went over for a few weeks, so our grandson went to a creche only when he was 11 months old. That's generous. Six months full pay out of the civil service in the UK. Good one. 1850-715-996. Coming up shortly, visitors in nursing homes. There has been an arrangement made for visitors to nursing homes, which we're delighted to hear about. Bring you more about that. And I'll, actually, I will. I'll go now. I'll go now because the man's been waiting for me. Remember we spoke uh, a week or two ago with Catherine Mahan Buckley, who was just bringing us up to speed again on her old mom, who is in a nursing home and is desperately lonely at the moment because, you know, no one can go to see her. And that promised, or sorry, prompted another call from Mick, whose wife is in a nursing home, and he too was saying how upset he was that he couldn't get to see her as much as he'd like to and, and all that. And coming up to Christmas and, and New Year, uh, there was a lot of concerns to will we actually be able to get to see those loved ones of ours who are in nursing homes. Ty Gailey is from Nursing Homes Ireland and we he, he promised he'd come back to me when he had news and he has it now. Ty, good morning. Good morning, PJ. What, what, well. what, what, I'm very well, thank you. What can we say? What have we got? Yeah, no, look, it is very, very good news. I mean, clearly, as you and I have spoken of before, it has been an incredibly challenging uh, time for, for all of us in the nursing home sector and not least, uh, or more importantly, the nursing home residents. So the, the Health Protection Surveillance Centre published their revised guidance yesterday. There's been a, an extensive consultation period over the last number of weeks. So the guidance, in effect, is effective from next Monday, the, the 7th of December. And what it, it, it mirrors the five-level framework. So what it's saying, in essence, is that under levels three and four, uh, that each resident will be facilitated to receive one one visit per week, uh, and under level five, one visit every two weeks. So um, it's it's a it's a, a very welcome revision, mm. and uh, hopefully it will provide comfort uh, to both well residents ultimately, but also to their family at at, at this particular time. And will that be a physical visit or through a window or what? No, well, again, I suppose I don't, I don't want to be too absolutist about it because like, there's there's 500 nursing homes across the country. Some are run by the HSE, some are members, and, and each they're all different. You know, some are small, some are large. But in effect, the, the guidance is saying that, that visits are actually in the home. 
Um, but, you know, it depends on how, I suppose, how each individual yeah. nursing home can best accommodate that because clearly you can't have large numbers to a facility at any given time. Yeah. But we'll still be requesting people to be absolutely uber vigilant, um, be cautious, uh, engage in social distancing, you know, coughing etiquette, hand washing, etc. And in, indeed, in some cases, it may be appropriate, you know, given the proximity to, to wear a face covering. So all of these will be, I suppose, ironed out locally. And I suppose the point this morning is, is, is for your listeners' point of view, is to ensure that it, it will be happening from next week on. And I suppose we'd encourage you know, people to engage with the particular nursing home yeah. uh, and, and speak speak with them about what works best for you and, and your family member ultimately. Yeah, it has to be, does it have to be a nominated visitor? Yeah, it does for the moment, yeah. No, it, 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 it can be, it, it, it can, I suppose, be a second person from the same family, you know, because what we're conscious of is that someone might feel that if they can't make the visit that they might either put themselves or their, their family member at risk by maybe going if they had a cough or uh, putting themselves under pressure to facilitate the visit. So, you know, if, if someone can't make it for whatever reason, then a, another person can, uh, you know, fill in on, on that particular occasion. So we're trying to be, not we, the, 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 the public health experts are trying to be as, I suppose, pragmatic and sensible as we can. Um, notwithstanding the, the, the challenges that, that, that COVID still presents. Okay, so the, the advice to people is contact the nursing home involved, yeah, is it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's two bits. One is that the, 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 the guidance is up on the, the Health Protection Surveillance Centre, so the hpsc.ie website. Uh, it's, it's on our own website as well, in hi.ie. Um, you know, read the guidance and um, then contact the local nursing home itself. Look, people will be in and out already. I mean, yeah. there also in, in the guidance it talks about, for example, that, you know, bringing gifts. Uh, you know, people were concerned at one stage, you know, can we not bring gifts to people? Absolutely. Um, you know, so what we're trying to do here, all of us collectively, families, staff, ourselves, the HSE, uh, is to ensure that we can have uh, the best Christmas that we can despite the, the limitations. Look, it's going to be different for all of us, uh, but you can be assured that all nursing homes will, uh, as I've said before, pull out all the stops. Okay. To make it, to make it, um, you know, uh, as best a Christmas as we can. All right, listen, Tyg, thank you for that update. That's Tyg Daly from Nursing Homes Ireland. So from next Monday, a visit would be allowed once a week, and contact the nursing home, and they'll tell you how it works and how we can set it up and who can go and all of that. But uh, that's good negotiation on behalf of Nursing Home Ireland and all of the other stakeholders. So visits possible around and over Christmas. All the details coming from next Monday, you can do that. Contact the relevant nursing home if you want more information. 1850-715-996. Fiona, as I said, has been out shopping this morning. Uh, The shops are open. There's no huge crazy queues, but from what we're hearing from downtown, a nice little socially distanced and mask-wearing buzz around, which is lovely to hear. Lovely to hear. And here's hoping that people will continue to be careful, wash their hands, cover their face, give people space, and that if we can have a run into Christmas without disaster as we reopen our shops. And on Friday, we open our restaurants and our uh, restaurant pubs. And we all look forward to that too. But Fiona has been into Sheena's Boutique to get their take on reopening. 
Uh, this it's Sheena's boutique in Oliver Plunkett Street. Um, How does it feel to be open? It's just great to be open. It's a sigh of relief, really. We have a couple of weeks left to Christmas, um, and being honest, it's so abnormal not having your doors open this time of the year. So, having people coming back into the shop, and uh, it's just wonderful. We're, we're thrilled, thank God. Do you think that you can make up over the next few weeks what you lost in November? Well, I don't think you're going to make up in three weeks what you're going to last in November, but I think we'll come close to it. Uh, we'll do our best anyway. We'll serve you with a smile and we'll give you as best service as we can so please God yeah I mean I, feel, I suppose it's so important to have retail open at this time of the year because it's your busiest time of the year it's a very important time of the year in retail um, obviously it is I mean it's it's a crazy time of the year in retail and it's been difficult having our doors locked up to now but yeah, we have a couple of weeks left, so we make the most of it. We're open seven days a week. I'm sure a lot of traders will be the same for the next couple of weeks, and we'll all make the most of it. Have you got any advice for people who are coming into town? I think just wear your mask, be careful, sanitise, frequent stores, and just just be aware and be careful. And uh, you know what? Every every business at the moment is really taking all the precautions and all the steps necessary. So I think Cork City is, is a safe environment to come into as well at the moment. At the moment, so come into the city and spend your money and um, we look after you. <laughs> That's uh, Sheen's Boutique and Fiona socially distanced questioning Are you alright <laughs> But that's okay too. Everyone's observing the rules. 1850 715 996. That's a response to our great news from Penny Dinners this morning that the miracle on Little Hanover Street is going to happen and it's going to be an awful lot more than what Katrina originally thought it might be. She was hoping to get some seats in the street, get it covered over, get it warmed up a little bit and people could have their dinner in Little Hanover Street. It's gone much, much bigger than that thanks to uh, Michael Mulcahy and his event organising team. They are going into, if you hadn't heard it before, they are going to go into the downstairs basement car park of Lancaster Quay which will be transformed into a Christmas wonderland, a socially distanced Christmas wonderland for the people who use penny dinners to come and have a proper Christmas dinner with all the trimmings. It's an incredible piece of news broken on the opinion line this morning. 1850-715-996. Right, BT Young Scientist. It's one of the best weekends of the year. I haven't been up there now in many years. Last time I was there, I was up in Dublin for some other work event and I snuck across to the RDS to take a look around and it's fascinating. The knowledge and the interest and the enthusiasm for science in our young people would knock you back on, on, on the balls of your feet just time and time again because not only do they love it, they get it. They get it at a level that just would would knock your socks off. Marie Cahalan is head of the uh, British uh, head of head of the competition BT Young Scientist this year. Marie, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? That's people? correct, isn't it? Their 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 enthusiasm and their knowledge would knock your socks off year after year. Yeah, the one thing, PJ, that we notice every every year is just the different projects that are coming uh, into us, the ingenuity of the students, and you know how inquisitive they are about the subject matter as well. So it's it's absolutely fantastic that we see so many different um, projects coming in year after year. Now there are big changes, obviously, this year. You won't be able to have the huge crowd in the RDS. No, we're actually not in the RDS at all this year. We are completely online. Uh, so it's a virtual exhibition. So all judging will happen between the students that qualified um, and uh, the judges. That will all happen in uh, an online environment. Um, we will be doing all of our special acts um, on online for people. We've built a portal specifically for the exhibition this year. Um, so all of the inf- 
all of the shows that we'd normally have and all of the entertainment, uh, our primary science fair, everything that anybody can look for for BT Young Scientists will be live uh, in a virtual environment on the 6th, 7th and 8th of January. That in itself is a huge operation, putting it all online. Yeah. Um, technology is easy, but it's not easy when you have to do it. It's such a volume that we've had to do. And what we, we, we've done is we made a decision um, early in the summer that we would have to go virtual. Uh, we thought things may have changed by now, and I'm, I'm so delighted that we took that decision that early on to give us time to, to plan properly because things haven't changed, as, as we know, within um, COVID lands and everything else. Um, so what we've done is we couldn't find one technology or couldn't find one platform that we could use that would be sufficient to our needs. So we built it all ourselves. Uh, I might have known. I might have known. <laughs> yeah, well, we're a technology company, so we just decided it's, it, there is a certain standard that we enjoy um, as the premium STEM event in Ireland. Uh, we have been for that for almost 57 years, so we just have to make sure that we're, we're making right. sure that we do it right. And the young people at Cork punch well above their weight. We've had many, many winners over the years and a huge number of projects submitted this year. Yeah, highest uh, number of entries, uh, again, from Cork this year. Uh, that's been happening for about the last two or three years. Really, really good. The, the schools in Cork, I think they sort of, they almost get get each other involved by if you've got one one school in a town getting involved the other schools want to get involved and everything else and and as you said we've seen great success i think we've had nine or ten oh actually ten with uh alan and cormac winning last year or it's now 11 uh, overall winners out of the 57 years from cork um so it's absolutely fantastic to see so many is there a particular theme that runs through any given year like i could imagine now for example that infections and viruses and all these things would be would be would be high on the on the agenda for a lot of students this year. Yeah, so the students they all they always go with what is in the media. So we would have seen a lot around climate change because of Greta Thunberg and the climate change, climate strikes and stuff last year. This year it is COVID. Uh, that is the sort of the main or one of the main themes. So, but within that there's so many different aspects of it so there's a lot around the mental health um, and people being isolated uh, because of lockdown and not being able to see people as much also of course we're, we're all having to wear face masks and I heard your uh, your report just before that about um, people wearing face masks to shops now that they're, they're reopened again um, but the, how how good they are in different types of face masks and what you need to do and hand sanitizers and different things like that. So it's really good. There's other stuff as well, like the the, the, the standard of the pure science uh, projects that we see um, and technology projects is always so high and again this year really, really high. Yeah. Now, for those of us who would like to go and see it, can we can we look at this online exhibition? Yeah, so later this month, uh, now that we're in December, oh my God, um, we will be sending out uh, information about how people can register to get online. Very quick registration. Uh, they just need an email address. And then people can come on live onto the event um, on the 6th, 7th and 8th. Uh, so they'll be able to see the open ceremony, the award ceremony. They'll be able to see like loads of special acts um, and lots of activity on there. They'll be able to to virtually visit the student stands. 
So what we're asking the students that have qualified to do is we'll we give the details of their school, their names, their teacher. We'll give the, the name, the title of the project and the overview. But we're asking every single student to uh, our group to do a sort of an elevator pitch. So if it's you coming up wanting to know about a project, you can click on a video. It's two or three minutes long and people will be able to see that as well. So all of that will be online through our website, on the portal, but also on our app as well. And we'll be launching that uh, with big fanfare later this month. Exciting times for the BT Young Scientist exhibition. Thank you very much, Marie Cahalan, head of the exhibition. And it's great. I mean, it's huge if you've ever been there thousands of kids in one place showing off their science projects. They can't do it this year. So, hey, we'll put it online and we'll build our own platform. That's the spirit. That is indeed the spirit. Right, where am I going to go to? Line two, is it as it is? And I'm going to Glenmire. Maureen McGilligot. That's right, PJ. Hello. Right. Good morning. How are you? How many, I'm good, thank you. How are you? How many footsteps? 19. Let us check. Let us check. We played these in the first hour. Here we go. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And then we played these. Come on. 17, 18, 90. You're right, Maureen. Thank 19 you. footsteps. You have our 200 euro voucher from that's Foot Solutions fabulous. on the Grand Parade for Thanks today. Thank you, million. And my, I'm a happy Christmas out to you and all your team, PJ. Thank Thanks you very much. Hard work during the year. Thank you and congratu- okay, thank congratulations. You, thank you very much. That's it. Edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We'll see you tomorrow, just after nine. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.